I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello guys and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Welcome back to the world of music as last week was just a bit of spookiness, spooky spookiness. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy talking about it. I know it's not music, but um, hey, we all have passions and lives outside of the uh, of the musical field, don't we? Anyway, um, I was at... Uh, I was at in Sydney last weekend seeing um, Paul McCartney, or Sir Paul McCartney, I should say, and uh, three and a half hours, no break, unbelievable, really unbelievable, uh, performer for his age, in his 80s. And on the way up, um, my wife and I were having a chat, and I was talking about how, um, you know, how deep I dive into uh, lyrics. And... She was saying, and I think John was also saying that to me the other day, that he doesn't really think of the words, listens to the music more. And I was sort of flummoxed by that because um, I love the music, don't get me wrong. But I was sort of like, oh, you know, I I really, really get involved. As you know, if you've listened to this show for any time, you know that I do get a deep dive into the lyrics and I like to interpret them. I find them the, the more interesting part of the musical part, of the journey of the music. Um but of course, I do love um, my fair share of instrumental music. Um, I'm a prog. I'm a prog lover, so uh, you know, prog is not just a four-letter word. You know, it is genuinely out there, and people are loving it back again, which is really good. Um, but I thought, what instrumental album? Why, why instrumental music? What is it? Blah, 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 does anyone really listen to it anymore? And um, of course, we would do if you listen to classical music. And you would do if you listen to um, some uh, dance music, I would imagine. But actual instrumental music uh, as an art form, I feel, is a sort of um, really suppressed subgenre now, uh, which is interesting because back in the 70s and early 80s, um, you had a lot, a lot of prog bands did um, instrumental albums. Camel did it. Um, I Maiden often had an instrumental track on their albums. Most bands did, in fact. B-sides of singles used to be the instrumental version of the A-side. If you remember rightly, I've got quite a few like that. Um, and I think that listeners today 
are not in tune with that. And I don't mean listeners of our age and our generation, or even those are seeking um, to find stuff, but just general masses that, you know, the plebeians of the world, um, they sort of go, they just, the songs are so quick and pushed out and so um, mass produced. I don't think that they would even consider not having a lyric on there because they need a hook and a sing-along something to grab it, you know? If you think about it, so I'll have some tea. If you think about it, before we had the written word, we could make sound. And we could bash a rock together. We could hit an animal skin. We could pluck an animal gut. We could make some rudimentary sound of music. It may not be uh, no, you know, notative music, but we could make a sound before words. And so it makes sense that the music does is um, the substructure of, of everything, right? But when you're like me, who is who has a, a fascination with words, um, being dyslexic, it's always been one of those things for me. Uh, I found, um, you know, hard to grasp when I was younger, but as I grasped it, got hold of it, I really, really enjoy it more and more and more, and I find it more beauty and more artistry in the written word, and more so now than when I used to paint and draw a lot when I was at art college. So I find writing much more cathartic and more exciting. I think it's because it's a challenge for me. Um, anyway... I was looking through, now I got a few suggestions from some of our listeners out there. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, John. Um, things like Oxygen was mentioned uh, by Jean-Georges Or oh, When I was at school, um, I had a kid friend of mine who's called him Jean Michael Jarre. <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening, Jean Michael Jarre. Um, I think even even Jean-Michel is probably uh, mispronouncing it to the lovely French listeners. So I apologise for hurting your refined Parisian, oh, sorry, Franco ears. Um, anyway, um, then of course I, I got mentioned um, Tubular Bells, and I went to see that recently, and it is an amazing piece of of, of instrumental music. And there's a lot out there. Snow Goose, another one by Camel. Um, a lot, but I wanted to find something that was more modern, more fitting with our genre that we talk about, and a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit different, because a lot of you listeners out there will, will have some resemblance of knowledge of the later prog movement, most likely, if you're my age or older, and so you're probably sitting around going, yeah, I know all that stuff, but have you listened to any of this? Now, the band I'm going to mention, uh, there's many bands out there, um, the, man, the band that really sort of sticks with me, and it actually sticks with my daughter's boyfriend, uh, Jared. He absolutely loves them. Um, and I saw them in 2010, I think, at, at Soundwave. It could be 2011, one of those years. It was, and the band is an American band called Animals as Leaders. Now, Animals as Leaders is a fascinating band for me because it's it sits, they sort of sit in this genre called gent which is d-j-e-n-t um or um, progressive metal um is, there's lots of lots and lots of um names you could you could you could call it right there's lots i um don't like the term gent uh and i'll give you a quick rundown of what gent actually means is d-j-e-n-t is the initials it says um a complex, heavy, synch uh, heavily syncopated rhythm section, high gain, palm muted, and down tuned. Um, for me, gent 
is if you picture gent you can picture people with like silly 12 string bass guitars and um you know nine string rhythm lead guitars and um all that sort of extremely complicated um overly um overly theorized guitar music but actually that's what i used to think until i dived into the, the deep and dark waters of animals as leaders and other bands similar to them like tesseract and uh periphery and sugar um they they make a sort of music that um that is so enthralling if you if you like stephen wilson i'm going to guarantee you you're going to like animals as leaders they don't make hugely long pieces of music. It doesn't go on forever and a day. In fact, the last album they just re released was 36 minutes. It is sweet as. Um, the, the sweet window, 36 to 42 minutes. That window of time is the best for a record for me. Um, the band formed um, in America in 2007 by um, Tosin Abasi. Uh, sorry if I get that wrong, but Tosin Abasi is a guitarist. On the first album, which was self-titled, um, he was the guitarist, the drum machine, well, he did some of the drum machine, some of the guitar solos, bass, synth, he did most of everything, really. Um, and he come out from a band called Reflux, which was a, uh, a gent band, sort of like well, a progressive metal band. And he decided that he, didn't, the, he finished out from the band and the label, um, which is, uh, I think was... Let me just get this right. Was um, uh, what is it? Sorry, one second. I wrote it down. I can't find what I wrote down. Um, one second. The Protestatic label. Sorry, man. Brain went blink blank. Then um, they offered him. They saw his how he could. Well, he was on the guitar, and they offered him to, to ask him to make a, a solo album, um, which is instrumental. And he was like, "No, I'm not doing that. It's um, a. It's I don't think he's good enough. I don't think I'm good enough." He said also. It was too egotistical and too, um, too, um, sort of, I don't know. He just, he just thought it was a bit self-indulgence, the word, sorry. So he took a year off to learn more music, did studied music for a year, um, to get in deeper into the technology, the technical aspects of his, of his musicality. Obviously he's still an extremely gifted musician, but decided to go and do a, a deep dive into a little bit more technicality. And when he finished he said to the label look why not um can i take you up on that offer and uh so he re recorded um the first as i said the, the self-titled album um with a few other people on the album okay so he recorded it um he basically the synths and the percussion and the en and the engineer misha mansoup who used to be in um the band periphery um, he also did the, the drum machine parts because it didn't have a drummer then. They used basically had a drum machine there, there. And they also had um, Javier Reese on. He played it for, for rhythm guitar. He was brought on permanently into the second album, but he started with just a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of soloing on the first album. Now, the reason I'm only going to mention the first album and the last album in this show is that I want you to go on the journey with the band yourself. But you can, if you grab, if you only want to spend a little bit of time with the band, go to the first album and go to the last album released last year and you'll see um, the difference in sound and it might take you 
might make you and wait your appetite to go back and try the other albums okay um they've released a few albums in the uh last few years since 2007 all right um i actually think that the self-tied album is my favorite of the early albums absolutely um but i don't know you might find um you might find it a little bit more you might find the later middle albums because um, they didn't get a, a real drummer until they, uh, I want to say real drummer, um, a physical drummer until their third album, uh, which, and and that's when, and that's when the very gifted and fantastic um, Matt Gaskin, uh, sorry, I guess that wrong, uh, Gasker, uh, came on board. Actually, I might be wrong there. I think he came in on board on Weightless, which is the second album. So the albums were as Animals as Leaders, uh, Weightless, The Joy of Motion, The Madness of May, and the and Parisia, which or Parisia, Parisia, uh, which is the final album. Um, as I would, you could talk the first and the, and the last one. If you want music that sounds pretty similar as well, with a lighter option after you've listened to these, um, I highly recommend a band called Pliny. I saw Pliny uh, at the basement here in Canberra a few years ago. Australian um, instrumental progressive music, very beautiful guitar, very beautiful. So if you ever want to sing a little bit lighter, uh, like Tesseract, I'd go and get look at Pliny. Anyway, before we move on, you might be thinking, what's an interesting name for a band, Animals as Leaders, where did they get it from? Well, Tosin got it from the 1992 novel Ishmael by Dave, uh, Daniel Quinn. Uh, he thought it was really very much uh, the way the world was going. <laughs> and I thought it's pretty smart. It's a really intelligent name. It sticks in your brain. It's, I was just saying to someone the other day that I think band names have all been used, all the good ones. Like, there are some shockers out there, but there are some really clever ones, and it seemed to be all gone. <laughs> anyway. So let's listen to the first album. Okay, so it has got quite a few beautiful... Um, beautiful tracks on the album a lot of them when you listen to them um with all with all instrumental music it might be called something like there's a track on um on it called the price of everything the value of nothing and that's my favorite track on that first album um it is absolutely beautiful so different to everything else um, I've wrote intricate, delicate, heavy, thought-provoking, technical, beautiful, terrifying in its architectural uh, uh, layering and its composition. Um, it's so it's so architectural. So, um, using a drum machine, they it does lose a little of its humanity. Now. That saying that aside, um, the type of music that is played, particularly gent and progressive metal, it does have very fast, ex extreme um, rhythm section. So it could easily be sounding like a drum machine. You could listen to um, to Matt and think, "Oh, he's a, that's a that's a um, that's a, a drum machine." Uh, it, but when you do listen to the first album, when you know it's a drum machine, pardon me, it does take away. It does well. Not take away. It's the wrong thing. It, it, it. You feel. You, I don't know. It doesn't. It sort of does make the music a little bit more Casio cassette record keyboard player. You know what I mean? That, um, that sort of. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's human. 
uh, and that's a, that. Look, they, it, when when um, Mansoor uh, programmed the drums, he did a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong; it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it doesn't sound like a you know a a, a, a cheap eighties drum machine. It is very well rendered. It is beautifully produced, but you can tell that it's snapped to a grid. You can sort of tell that it's that it's um, which is one of the problems with this form of music is that it's so technical and so precise that when in production um, they they do tend to clean it up quite aggressively uh, to the point where it can remove some of its humanity but uh, if you put that aside you will enjoy this um, when I saw them live I said at Soundwave it blew my mind I mean I walked into this tent I had no idea who was on um, they were sitting down if I remember rightly and they were you know when you watch a band and the guitar's high up under their armpit almost and you sort of think to yourself, here we go. You know, is this going to be, um, and pardon my French here, is this going to be a load of guitar wank? Am I going to just, you know, get really bored? That was a sort of headspace I was in because I was at Soundwave watching all these incredible live acts. But it really took me on a journey. I was enthralled and... Um, amazed at the ability of their musicianship there's three men on a stage it was just absolutely mind-boggling um you know the the bass parts were obviously um i think they were synth in they were um pedaled in but they're wow just um because mansoor plays bass on quite a few of the albums as well and it's just just brilliant but the album itself okay so um it's not an album that did very well, as you can imagine, okay? It's not the kind of music that's going to go top 10 viral. It is for those music music nerds amongst us um, who just really enjoy uh, guitar-based. Now, this is the difference between the prog metal that I'm talking about and the prog that we've all grown up with, is that, yes, there's a guitar in prog of the 70s, but it's all keyboard-driven most of the time. Whereas prog metal is very much drum and guitar driven, um, very much so. Uh, a lot of tapping, a lot of um, sweet picking, a lot of very intricate and unusual um, scales going on. Uh, not, it's not, and it's not like, um, you know, it's not like unmusical like you get with some of those extreme guitarists where it's just all, you know, um, look, I can play a million notes in a, in a bar, but I've got no musicality not like that no this is stuff when he when what everything everything they play is thought out every note they put in the bar every um action they put on their instruments is there for a reason it's not just to show off they could show off and i'm sure they should show off and i'm sure they do on some of their pieces of music but it feels okay without scaring our people off it feels jazz it feels like um very jazz very jazzy very bluesy in a very technical way um it's very um jazz fusion is the right with the right word uh you can imagine there's a band from the 80s um called uh 1980 i think that's it let me just double check that no we got that wrong so he formed in 1979 released in 1980 the album was called uh, the band was called the uk with alan holdsworth on guitar now alan holdsworth if you were if you ever listened to his work he's he's sadly died in 2017 but his guitar style like he's got hands that, like twisted 
branches, how he gets those positions on the on the fretboard is beyond me. A jazz um, guitarist at birth. Now, he would. If you're listening to this, this is what I think of. I think of Alan Holdsworth on guitar. So, if you're thinking, what influences does Tosin have? I would definitely say Holdsworth is one is a major influence. Um, but. As I said, uh, it, it's it's it is it's beautiful and uh, wonderful, and I think that um, you have to give it some time. Uh, they're not; it's not going to um, blow your head off. Heaviness; it is heavy, uh, but don't be scared of it. Like those out there who are not into heavy or just coming into the heavy genre, are you know? Um, you often think I'm just going to dabble my toes. It's it is heavy, but it's it's like any heavy classical music if you were to listen to Wagner or um, Beethoven or Mahler um, you're going to get that kind of heaviness on it but back to the drumming thing the humanity of the drums um, on this album it does lack a little bit Um, and that's why I think when um, Matt comes in uh, it does change the course of their band. I don't think they would have gone much further using a machine all the way through. They still use a bit of machine or drum machines in some of the later albums, but um, you know what I'm saying. Like the, you, you just need that little bit of humanity. Anyway, that's enough of the introduction. I'm going to um, go and get a, a fresh cup of tea, and then we'll talk about both albums in um, in more closely at the, in the second part. But yes, do give yourself, write this down. Um, Animals as as leaders, um, Tesseract, I'd say, as I said, um, Periphery, um, Meshuggah, brilliant modern heavy um, acoustic uh, instrumental pieces of music. Anyway, see you on the other side, guys. Bye for now. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to part two of this dive into animals as leaders and instrumental music in general. Um, as I mentioned right at the end of the first side there, Wagner and Beethoven and Mahler and Chopin, all the classical musicians, um, we, were so, we were for a very, very long time, we spent our time listening to music that was purely just music in our minds and our heads and our personal imaginations we would play the story out we were told it was called let's say the ring cycle we were told it was called um the sugar plum fairy whatever it was it was told it was we would we would start with that story and we would build in our head the story that music is making now this music is different to that because i i listened to the music and honestly, all eight album tracks and both albums didn't even need a name, to be fair. Like, if you're listening, as I said, listening to, like, The Price of Everything, The Value of Nothing. Um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful title. In fact, it's one of my favourite titles of the modern era. Um, it's got delicate guitar. It's so beautiful. It um, captures your attention um, with its textures and its nuances and its lightness. It's one of the lightest tracks on the album. Um, and that one alone does sort of sit with the title. But then if you listen to um, either the others, like, um, there's some, like, Segua, uh, Tempting Time, Behaving Badly, Cafo, um, Point to Point, Modern Meat and Song of Solomon. There are a couple, that's to name a few on the album. Um, I don't quite know, I mean, unless you read um, the album notes uh, to find out what the songs are really about. And I don't actually own any physical copies of them, which I probably should do. Um, I think I might sort of in indulge myself and get a couple soon. Um, it sort of doesn't mean that much, um, but as I said, if you use it as a jumping off point, and go into the music with those words in your head, you may picture what Tosin and the, and the guys were thinking of when they wrote the music. Uh, my favourite favorite parts of the album, definitely the opening, Tempting Time, absolutely. Um, the Price of Everything, The Value of Nothing, as I said before, is a singularly one of the most beautiful pieces of music, um, uh, instrumental pieces of music of the modern era. It's just stunning, stunning piece of music. And actually, I like uh, Song of Solomon, the final track on the album. It really enters and ends the album very well. 
it is, um, as I said, fast. It can take your breath away. It, you have to listen to it, this album, and like all with all their work, you have to listen to it more than once. You're going to have to live with it for a little while. It's no good passing it through your ears and then going away and thinking, well, I've done that. I've done what Tone said. I'm done. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You will have to live with it, um, and it will have to live with you. Uh, rent-free in your brain, <laughs> by the way. Um because it does with me. Uh, I know it does with Jared, um, my daughter's partner. Um, you've really got to, yeah, you've got to let it live with you because every time you go back to it, there'll be something else different. There'll be something more um, unusual. You'll hear different things. Uh, and also it depends how you listen to it. Now, um, I've listened to it on the go with really good headphones. Um, I've listened to it through my speaker system. Again, they're good. And I've also listened to it through my very expensive studio headphones. And what a difference. The world of sound opens up. I think I think it's available on that new um, spatial audio on Apple, I think. And if it is on that, my God, jump in and have a paddle. It's, uh, it's well worth the... Uh, the time to to do it because um what Tosin and the boys have done and what uh, uh Matt does later is just phenomenal now we're now going to talk about the second this the last album okay this is the one that just came out last year and I think this is all killer no filler um nothing makes me want to skip it it is completely different sound um I think that the journey they go on through those several albums you really can hear the growth of them and this one, they've just hit that that sweet spot, right? Um, because when Matt came on, I mean, he's a jazz, um, progressive, jazz fusion, reggae, blues, funk, hip-hop, Latin, and he does everything. He's been playing in bands since he was 14. His father was a classical guitarist. Um, he's just an extremely, extremely talented drummer. He... You needed a drummer that could play live that would cover some of that drum machine stuff from the first album, and it just does. He he's one of those drummers that sit amongst the pantheon of of drummers that make your jaw want to hit the floor. Um, you know the types, the Neil Peart's of this world. The he's you know it just it just sits there. The John Bonhams, the the. The Keith Moons, the Ginger Bakers, the ones that you remember, they, they're not, it's not just splishy, splashy, you know, I've talked about open shoulder drummers and closed shoulder drummers before, this guy is a different league, he's a different league, I don't know how he's tuning these skins, I don't know, I've watched him um, playthroughs on YouTube, there's some brilliant playthroughs on YouTube of watching him, he's drumming and it is mesmerizingly brilliant, um, he is so at one with his kit he has to be to keep up with Tosin um guitar and and also his uh his augmentation um this last album is way beyond gent for me though it doesn't really i think they dropped the gent stuff possibly on their third album i think this is much more um progressive and much more um nuanced than just um the palm muted what tuned um, craziness of Gent. I, th I think this is a far more intelligent, more refined album. And you're going on the journey with me. 
this is what you do you go this one go last one and go back because i think if you go album by album um yes you'll enjoy it but i think this shows you this is a real prime example for me of the growth of an of a band and how you can musically change over a, a, only a short period of time maiden did it well as well if you look at first maiden now and this one now you can hear the difference yeah you can but that's because they've spent 40 years doing it and have um you know the millions and millions and millions of pounds euros and dollars behind them and studio power and strength um this band here by no means are millionaires i can't imagine them being um driving around in rolls royces and and living in mansions these are hard-working jobbing very very talented musicians um so the last album came out last year in uh, 2022 called paresthesia march the 25th 2022 the run lineup on it is um conflict now i'm going to get some of these wrong because they do some weird tiles conflict cartography mono myth which is <laughs> we'll get back to that red miso um uh gestalt's a fall asashi the problem of other minds thoughts and prayers microaggressions and gorgian naught no not gorgian not but naught n-a-u-g-h-t um now mansoor misha mansoor played bass predominantly on um this album now interestingly he is actually if i've not mentioned this before he has been he was um and if i have i do apologize he is the he's been credited with the inventor of the name gent um and also and so he doesn't really like that and i don't agree with him i agree with him it's good to have a be sort of famous for something but i'd rather be famous for my guitar and then just coming up with the name of something anyway it's a brilliant album short album 36 minutes and 56 seconds long now i think this is a shorter album because this is an album produced in, when we are now back in the era of vinyl where you we are not pumping the cd through a hundred minutes of music it, you know why don't we just really focus our minds our strengths and our talents on five minute to six minute tracks beautifully well made and fill out two sides of a record without overcrowding the, the the groove and keeping the sound big because to have a sound big in the in an analog medium you have to have a wide groove and sometimes the albums come out i've mentioned this before played at 45 rpm so they can have a wider groove um and so they can less compact on the vinyl more wall of sound more deep bass better drum uh, mix and this is what they need with this band because it's all based around their drums now the, the bass is wonderful don't get me wrong as a bass player this stuff is incredible but you really are hooked on Tosin's guitar the synth and mainly the drum on there um, and to be really honest this is the best sounding production they've come across so far I reckon this is outstandingly their best album um, and certainly their first album it outshines their first album by quite a way and to be honest with you um after discussing this with other fans of the band um i'm not a huge fan of the joy of motion uh their third album i think had a bit of it was a bit more um less technical i think which is probably 
not a bad thing but it's at the same time for me when i go to turn on animals as leaders or music such kind i want technicality i want stuff that there's no way on god's earth am i going to play and the stuff that you know makes middle-aged men standing gigs cross-armed nodding gently and staring wisely at the fingers of the guitarist thinking out of you know oh my god we've all done it i'm sure we've all done it i know i have guilty hand as charged so they're staring at the guitarist in my own way thinking hmm yes how do i do that or looking at the bass player thinking hmm my god he's in a completely different realm to the rest of us um and that's not mean to say that the audience don't get chaotic i'm sure they do but most of it is standing and appreciative which i quite like particularly at my age these days i don't really want to get in there and have a punch up anymore anyway um highlights on the album absolutely monomyth monomyth the second track on the album um outstanding uh the intro into the music the way it pulls you into the album I love the term monomyth. I like the word, like monolith. I really like that. That um, there's a uh, Head to the Dead song called Monolith, which I really love. But anyway, side note, side note, monomyth. I absolutely love play on words. Yeah, monolith, monomyth. Really like that. Um, conflict cartography, another thing. Great war maps, basically, just a clever way of saying war maps, isn't it? <laughs> really, um, and you know. Uh, Gordian Knot, of course, the, it's based on the story of the Gordian Knot, the Greek um, legend, um, myth, is wonderful. But the way that they play on words there is also wonderful because they could have put Gordian Knot, and it would have been you would have probably not thought any different. But it just brings playfulness into your mind. As I said before earlier, they're, they're, the names of the songs I've done in the past, I have made an instrumental album. Yes, I know you're going to say, well, put it up. No, it's not very good. It was a blues-driven instrumental album. Um, I used a drum machine and a keyboard to get my backing. I put the bass on and the guitars on myself. Uh, and honestly, the names of the songs came about after I'd written them. I listened to the music and I thought, what does it mean? What does this music mean? What do I feel from it? And that's why I wrote the names of the songs. I think this is what's happened with a lot of this stuff as well. Is write the music in one massive jam session, what I did, and break it up uh, into several songs uh, and have given a name, maybe uh, a theme. I mean, Parasesia, you can tell me what that means. I haven't looked it up. I'm not going to either. I just want to, I don't want to over intellectualize as I always seem to do um, with this particular music. The music for me is just really. I'm going to swear here. Really fucking good music, okay? It's just, it's it hits my sweet spot, my G spot in just that way, right? Um, it's technical, it's heavy, it's fast, it's beautiful, it's intricate, it's delicate, it's nuanced, it's textured, it's brave. It's, it, it's just genuinely what the modern world of music is really lacking right now i mean you know 45 50 years ago people teenagers you know would sit around in their bedrooms 15 and 16 year olds and listen to you know the entire side of snow goose by camel they'd listen to 
um, great swathes of music by Genesis and Yes and uh, Van der Graaff Generator and, uh, you know, um, Gentle Giant and all these amazing um, bands where a lot of it was just instrumental and they would dig it, man. They would, I mean, I hate the term dig it, sorry, but they would get into it. They didn't need, they didn't need a lyric. They didn't need um, quick hits. Uh, of course, I love punk and I love metal, and punk did wonderful things to the modern um, landscape of music, more than I can possibly even talk about. But at the same time, it did some damage as well in the fact that um, we don't have the ability, or most of the time now, not all of us, that's, I'm, I'm generalizing here, the ability to sit down and listen to Paresthesia, Paresia or... Um, Animals as Leaders, the first album, or, or, you know, any of the albums, even The Joy of Emotion or Weightless, or The Madness of Me, of Many, you know. Um, I said Madness of May earlier, didn't I? I meant to say Many. Um, my handwriting gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So you can hear me turning my paper looking, going, what the bloody hell did I write? Um, anyway, it's a joyous album. Uh, highlights, definitely, on this album, Gordian Knot. The conflict cartography and of course the wonderful, wonderful monomyth. I mean the problem of others mind other minds is also spectacular. In fact it's all spectacular. I said all killer, no filler. Um I reckon you should jump on that, give that a listen, listen through their catalogue. I spent the weekend listening to the entire catalogue. There are not a lot to get your teeth into, there's only a few albums, it won't take you that long, spend them a day or two. Um, you'll need to repeat them as I said uh, and then jump into other amazing you know if you don't want to do um, heavy progressive instrumental music but want guitar based stuff as I said Snow Goose by Camel Camel um, self-titled album uh, I'd definitely say uh, anything by Pliny uh, what did I write Pliny I did write one down Every Piece Matters is a beautiful piece by Pliny and if you're living in Australia and want to see him he plays quite regularly here. he makes his own guitars I think he's a Lutheran as well really nice chap uh, young looking when I watched him play I was in awe absolutely it was a strange old band he was supporting um, he, he was supporting Paul Diano I wouldn't have picked that as a support band for Diano but hey uh, just, just marvellous again um, textured heavy but also really pretty um, pieces of music of course you know if you feel that you want to try something a little bit older tubular bells why not um it's not tubular bells is not just for your granddad all right it is for the youngsters as well it is for people our age it's timeless absolutely timeless piece of music we all know it because most of us have seen the exorcist and we know the theme tunes that i've already mentioned this before in a previous podcast but you know so you let let that be let animals as leaders be a jumping off point for you and then delve back and find some really beautiful pieces of uh, of instrumental music that you know anything honestly by um rick waitman as well there are some vocals on rick waitman stuff but it's mainly instrumental on like you know um seven wives the six wives of henry the eighth um seven wives he's a secret one <laughs> um no six wives of henry the eighth uh he did the um king arthur he's he's did uh the latest one which was absolutely brilliant which was i think it's called is it, is it 
man on Mars or something. Man, anyway, one of those sort of those I didn't research on this off the top of my head. Um, brilliant, 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 and of course, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which I absolutely adore. Um, I like the original version and the re the new one he did, the re version, reimagined version of it. Now that does have spoken word in it and a bit of lyric, but it's mainly instrumental and it's beautiful. So use it as a jumping off point and go and try that stuff. And then come and let me know. I'd love to know what um, your favorite um, instrumental pieces are. Um, as I said, this is a slightly shorter, I'm gonna say it's a slightly shorter episode this week because uh, really I can't, I can't express into words. Um, artic- I can't articulate well enough, I don't think, uh, how, nuanced um how different um um Tosin and the guys are and how brave they are to play this music now if you listen to jazz or you uh, and or fusion jazz or uh, classical music this is nothing new this sort of music would not be it would not be out of place but if you're usually listening to sabbath and maiden and you know exodus and anything slayer whatever and you're not used to um, long pieces of um, technical guitar-based prog metal, then this might be challenging for you. I mean, most of us, one or time or another, have listened to Steve Vai's albums, okay? Um, Passion and Warfare is an... Uh, now, let's let you into a little secret. That was going to be the review this week. I was going to do Passion and Warfare... Because um, I saw him live play that back in the day, and and I saw him play with White Snake, and I thought, but then I thought, no, that's got singing on it still. It's still got well words mainly, like you know, it's got talking on it. And I thought I actually want to go a little bit deeper than that. So, along with those albums I mentioned, do give Passion and Warfare by Steve Vai a go. Um, it is fun it's actually sits in that fun mold it's not as um it's very technical because it's steve Vai, but it's not as as um up its own sphincter if you know what i mean it doesn't take yourself too seriously i will do passion and warfare as a review if you really want me to please do um in my notes you know come on my program and let me know or message me or facebook me and just say yeah do passion and warfare because i will do it um I will do more of an in-depth dive because it's one album and I can talk about production and where it was recorded and guitars he used, all that sort of stuff. I don't want to go into that with this because I want you to come on a journey and learn to love instrumental music as much as I do and my friends do um, because it can be a bit scary. As I said, some of us, like myself, who were forever you know, trying to listen to the lyric, work out what they're saying, what do they mean, and I think I come across that way because I'm a I'm a bass player but not a really great bass player you know I get by I play guitar and I get by but I always feel that I could probably be a good lyricist or I'd enjoy writing lyrics it would be difficult but I'd enjoy doing it because I like the um, that's why I'm a big Marillion and Fish fan because I just really enjoy and Gabriel um, I like the written journey uh, that, that takes you on outside of the music um, because it's something I can I can attach my fantasy to. I can fantasize that I'm written that lyric and I'm writing it down. You know, music's all about um, a fantasy, is it not? We do place ourselves 
I mean, all of us, at one time or another, whether we like to admit to it or another, we'll have our eyes closed, we'll listen to the music, and in our minds, we're on stage playing that guitar solo, we're up there playing that drum solo, we're doing that, singing that wonderfully tricky and intricate vocal line, or keyboards, or whatever we choose as our instrument, we all imagine that's us there. Um, all of us, I still do it now. I go into a, into my special place quietly on my own in the dark room with the lights off, like I do. As I told you, it's my way of listening to music and um, to really get my head around it. Like classic example was we were at McCartney and um, we were sitting there and he was playing um, Jet, which is actually one of my favourite Wings songs. And uh, I had my hands in my head and I'd was quietly in myself listening to it. And my wife jabs me in the arm because she thought I'd fallen asleep. We'd had a few drinks before the show and it'd been a long day. But no, I wasn't. It was because with all the light show and all the people and all the noise, I couldn't actually focus my thoughts and inner ability to really capture the music. I had to close my eyes. I had to block out external uh, stimuli. It's the way I do it. And um, it was wonderful because I could really hear John. I could hear, sorry, Paul. Um, his guitar work, I could hear the keys, I could hear the guitars, I could hear his vocal line. But as soon as I stared at the stage, I got sort of like a kid in a candy shop. It was like, oh, shiny, explosive thing. Oh, look, that guitarist. Oh, look at the keyboard. Oh, look what the drummer's doing. And I couldn't focus. That's one of the troubles sometimes with live gigs is that um, if you want to go and really enjoy the music, you have to concentrate. If you're going there just to have a bit of, you know, just to be with the music like most of the time that I'm out there. Um, that's why when I'm headbanging a lot, and people say, you didn't really watch the band. No, but I was listening, and that's the point. Um, I, in that strange moment where my hair is whipping around and my head is banging, or I'm just, you know, rocking out, it's not because I didn't want to see the band, it's because I really just wanted to get my head into the music. And I highly recommend that for anyone out there who is trying to get more deeper into the music and be a bit more um what's the wrong word not educated a bit more theological about the music a bit more um i can't think of the word it's leaving my head you know the word i'm trying to say be a bit more um studied or studious about the music you need to get rid of external stimuli you can't sit on a bus you can't be in a car you can't you, you really do need to block out those um, external stimuli and it really will notice they will open up the music. It's like opening a whiskey, breathing a glass or a wine opening a glass or, um, you know, a fine cheese air and become runny on your plate. Um, it is just the way you do it. You have to give it time. And with bands like Animals as Leaders, this is where, if you're going to take one thing from this program, this week, this episode is give it time if you first put it on and it it overstimulates you or it's too much please 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 if you take anything away from me give it time don't skip them don't move on to something that sounds a little bit more easy for you to listen to give it time and repeat it because it will really you'll appreciate it you'll come to me and you'll say tony i really really appreciate that that um, bit of advice because it will open up a whole new world of music to you yes a bit of music snobbery nothing wrong with a bit of music, music snobbery we've all been there and I still go there every now and again but I don't mind it 
makes me smile makes me i don't i feel different but it does when i then listen to more aggressive simpler music like punk and thrash and whatever i'm listening to um it gives me an understanding of where music can go and the primal um rawness of 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 the less technical music and how much i really enjoy the bass um aggression and the bass speed and the bass beauty of of the rawness of this of this music and then i it's it really opens up the spectrum so greatly that you'll end up listening to things you never thought yourself listening to and is that not one of life's joys is it not we can't all go around just listening to the one thing all the time i mean we can but how boring and how close-minded would we be and and i think you can take that thought through to your everyday life food drink music art everything everything it will open up so many worlds and that's what prog did for me and that's why i love this particular form of prog metal this sort of it's just so deliciously technical and so wildly um pompous sometimes and i i love the pomposity of prog and that's what i love about this it's almost like look how good i am look at me i can do this and i can do it in such a way that you'll be mesmerized there are people out there who listen to this show that will go god that's boring i just want to i just want to hear you know a a really hard riff um three minutes and gone and if that's the good good on you i have no judgment of any of you because i like that as well but i think this may open your mind a little bit more anyway as i said try the first album listen to the last album then go back to the middle ones and that was a that was a um that was given to me as a bit of advice from my daughter's boyfriend the other night um when i was saying look i you know i've only ever listened to this stuff uh, in order and he was like no do this and i did that and it really opened my mind hearing the the i said the drum machine and the real drummer and thinking oh my god you can feel the humanity in the later albums that you don't hear in the first album that's a bit more cold and um computer-like anyway that's enough for me i've rabbited on for almost an hour as i like to do jump on have a listen tell me what you think if you know any other really amazing instrumental metal bands that i've completely missed or i don't know about i might know about just miss them please do come and jump on my page and let me know dive into stuff like tubular bells do listen to what a snow goose do jump on and and have a listen to um the 70s you know instrumental stuff listen to jean-michel jarre or jean michael jarre as my friend has said <laughs> um oxygen you know um listen to that stuff because it will it may just open up your world to something different and i really hope it does because that what what gives me as a as a podcaster and as a lover of music it gives me great joy i mean great joy to discover new stuff and to open the eyes of other people and they can discover it and then they can show me stuff that i discover and i find that um the best aspect of life in music really truly discovery is is wonderful because let's be honest we all love to go back to our love beloved pieces of music but finding something new just makes you smile or does me anyway so enjoy that 
chat soon talk next week um thanks for coming and listening do come and leave me a review on spotify or on youtube or on itunes or wherever you get them because the more reviews i get the more people hear my show because the algorithm points me in that direction so negatively or positively i've got some negative reviews from on on youtube on uh, itunes i don't mind not everyone's gonna love what i say if not everyone's gonna enjoy my you know off the cuff sometimes it's incorrect sometimes it's correct i don't care i just love chatting music and uh, i love you listening guys so anyway bye for now see you next week <laughs>